All right, David, are you ready? Have you do you have your do you have your booze that you can't drink? Why are you drinking? We you can't drink when we're about to start. We're gonna pick that up. We've gone through this a thousand times. I, I am done with my pills and whiskey. All right, you're drunk and let's do this. Here we go. Gentlemen, welcome once again to episode number six. Nope, that's wrong. Let me try that one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to episode number seven. David, we've made it to number seven already. We've done seven of these things. Not bad for two guys who don't actually want to do a podcast or be around each other half the time. Not too shabby. Congratulations. Uh, well, congrats to you, too. Uh, listen, it remains to be seen whether this is a, a mainstay or not, but um, let's let's just keep it going. Look, our 10-episode yeah. our ten episode anniversary is coming up, so I hope you have your gifts ready, because I do for you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brian Ortiz. And I am David Castillo. And welcome, uh, David, for those joining us once again for the first time. And I'm sorry for all of those who are avid listeners and fans who have heard us before. But welcome to the show. And what is this really weird show about? Well, David, as I've said before, you and I are friends, sort of-ish, kind of. And we're getting to know each other better, right? So we ask each other these questions. But as I like to say, what is life? but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another. So you and I, some days I'll pick a topic and we'll talk about it and I'll learn something about you. In other episodes, you'll pick a topic and you'll learn something about me. And at the end of the day, we reflect on that and we find inner peace. Maybe we learn something about one another or maybe we just have ammunition to make fun of each other for the future and add to the already building emotional scars that we've created from one another, David. That's a very long-winded of long-winded way of calling it sort of pop culture therapy with dick jokes. But uh, I, I appreciate your version. Yeah, I don't know if I can put your version on like like flyers and posters because I don't know how like hey comedy therapy with dick jokes. Uh, Just saying. But, uh, I'm not listen. There's not a whole lot to say about. It. We're we're still getting the hang of this, and hopefully people really enjoy it. Uh, but just so you know, I have been on a diet of pills and whiskey to precede this episode. So, or so, so Brian. So says. a normal Tuesday is what you're saying. Yes. A normal Tuesday for you. <laughs> gotcha. Man, for those out there, we're just two broken guys. I just ate too much Chinese food and you down whiskey and pills, ladies and gentlemen. Good Lord. Uh, hey, buddy, are you ready to start talking and ex- analyzing and let's figure out some of your weird problems in this world? David, are you ready? Uh. I don't know if I'm ready. You, you sometimes you occasionally let me know what we could be talking about, and that's not always guaranteed. And I'm honestly just always afraid. That's I, good because in uh, relationship wise, I want you to be afraid of me. That's <laughs> that's how I like my relationships to be. People are always afraid of me, David. You're you're the lion always. underneath the trap door in the gladiator arena, and and I just feel like Russell Crowe just trying to. Tread water. Why do you get to be Russell Crowe in this scenario? Why can't I be anybody else? I couldn't be Joaquin Phoenix. I couldn't be any of his friends that survive. I had to be the lion inside of a cage. Do- I'm a caged lion? David, you know that's me. I'm a peacock. I gotta fly, David. I'm not a tiger. 
do you want me to change you into Oliver Reed? Because I could do that. I don't feel like it's that flattering. I can't even be the hero in your scenarios. You dick. <laughs> I dare you. Uh, On that note, David, I'm gonna hear. To, I'm gonna try to make you more uncomfortable because today this show is all about picking various things in pop culture to talk about. It's not always movies, music, and dick jokes around here, guys. Sometimes we like to break the box open. Damn, you're drinking again, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend has a problem. Just so we all know at home, he's trying not to laugh and spit it out. But I saw him drink the booze. Can you continue, please? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Yes, my bad. Poor. Uh, so we like to change it up, David. I'm going to change it up. I was recently reading an article online today, as I normally do through my pop culture days, as I catch up on everything. And I couldn't help but notice, uh, you know, relevant to what's going on right now during this time. But it was just announced that this year's Sexiest Man Alive from People Magazine is none other than Paul Rudd himself, David Paul Rudd, man, is the sexiest man alive. I'm not going to lie. That gives me, that makes me feel good. I think Paul Rudd's an attractive man. I don't know if he's like Chris Hemsworth hot, but he's like a really attractive dude. And I feel like he's a little bit more accessible to average Joes like myself. And I thought that was really exciting news. David, let me ask you a question. Do you like Paul Rudd? And then number two, David, do you find Paul Rudd sexy? I feel like if I were a, a sort of a suburban housewife, like Paul Rudd would definitely be like sort of sexiest <laughs> man alive. There's a very weird sort of listen. And this is not like criticizing Paul Rudd, or, or certainly not his looks. He's far more attractive. Yeah, because Paul than Rudd's I am. an avid listener of the podcast, so please don't offend him too much, okay, dude? I mean, I want listen, him to join us one day. I, again, can't can't say. I, I just <laughs> I don't understand. So this is where like. You might have to jump right into like why we're talking about this because to me, I think of like Paul Rudd. I don't really think of like sexy. I think of just like a good-looking, sort of just run-of-the-mill kind of dude who, yes, right. has like aged very, very well. But also, Absolutely. the only thing, my only lasting memory of Paul Rudd, is are his weird reactions to Michael Myers coming up to him in Halloween Six: Curse of Michael Myers, oh which my is a movie God. I actually saw in theaters. Why would you? That one, the one movie that you pick out of his entire catalog is Michael Myers Halloween number six, which, by the way, uh, as of recording this, I saw for the first time this year. Really? Did you do like a Halloween marathon just randomly? I did do a Halloween marathon, actually, David. This Halloween, when I, when I, before we recorded this, I went on a hard binge, man. And I watched all of Halloween. I watched all of Friday the 13th, all of Candyman, all of Hellraiser, minus the last three or four because those are all garbage. Look, really one through four for Hellraiser is about it, but we're not going to get into that. Point is, I absolutely went through an entire catalog run of him, and I didn't even know there was a goddamn six. And then I'm sitting here watching it, and the title comes up, and it says starring Paul Rudd. And I was like, what? What's happening? Did I fall into a weird dimension with the Berenstein Bears? Because I'm very, very effing confused right now. Wait, wait, Berenstein. 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 No, this is the classic. Berenstein. This is nope, a classic Mandela effect thing. We'll save that this this whole thing for another uh, All right, podcast. Go ahead. Episode, Sorry, but so uh, Paul Rudd, you remember him from Halloween Six? Clueless was the first time I saw him, um, but then it went straight into like Halloween Six, and so my my image of Paul Rudd is just like as mm-hmm. a dude who is in like I think his his sexiness is really 
for a lot of, I would say to stereotype older women, but I think these I sort dare of you. older women that um, he's, okay. he's just kind of your sort of milquetoast attractive guy who's got a good personality milk. and that's and and that's Paul Rudd. And of course, that's I'm, fit in for winning like Sexiest Man Alive title, which is mostly a milk toast okay. uh, committee that puts this shit together to begin with. <laughs> I like to, on behalf of Paul Rudd and myself, uh, David does not speak for me. I I appreciate any and all older women who find Paul Rudd attractive or myself. You don't have to go to David. If you're a fan of us and you're an older woman, please come talk to me. You don't have to come talk to David because I appreciate you and I think you're beautiful. Let me just say so real quick, which is, that, again, this is, and I, I apologize. We should stop attacking soccer moms. We do this all the time. Or suburban housewives, soccer moms. I feel like we group them into a category of like pill popping women who maybe like, you know, like to relive their, their glory days like sort of uh, female Al Bundys, right? And that's unfair. Oh, what Jesus. I, female what I, Al Bundys. That's a hell of a statement. <laughs> what What I would just say is that like, listen, why, why are we talking about like Paul? Do you think those women would find Paul Rudd more attractive than Pedro Pascal if he were also on this list? Oh, oh, oh I broke your brain on that one, didn't I? <laughs> Uh, look, David, I'm fl- I'm just flummoxed because you said Pedro Pascal, and we all know that's one of my trigger words for immediate uh, immediate boner. So I apologize for that. Uh, you just caught me off guard, and you know how I feel about my about my Pedro Pascal and my Oscar Isaacs. Let me ask you this, David: <laughs> If Paul Rudd is nothing but a milk toast kind of guy, which again I do not agree, and uh, on behalf of myself and Paul Rudd and older women, he's very attractive. I know you hate him for some reason. Who then to you in this day and age should be the sexiest man alive? Oh, man, that's, um, I would say, and this is going to sound super strange, not not on the surface, but when I get to my explanation, I would say Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown is an attractive man, David. That is a good answer, dude. And Tell me why. And it, 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 so two, well, technically two, which is, okay, so I saw a couple movies he was in that are not his greatest movies, but Hotel Artemis and, of course, That's uh, a good Predator, uh, The Predator, right, where, anyways, in The Predator, like, his character wasn't written that well. Um, there was nothing on the page sure. that should have made his character that memorable or anything like that, even though, yeah, it had Shane Black's snappy dialogue, blah, blah, blah. But there, there is a smoothness to Sterling K. Brown that you Ooh. don't, that I don't see in many other actors today. Okay. Um, being able to just play, to be remembered. Um, and Sterling K. Brown absolutely elevates the material. I've, I feel like that's why they killed him off the way they did, where like for no reason whatsoever, they were just like, well, he's going to like take over the movie and everyone's going to forget about like the action and bad CGI. <laughs> we got to cut let's, this yeah. down, guys. He's <laughs> too sexy, too sexy for this movie. Uh, so David, like what's great is like what you're, well, you're so progressive. So you're not, I mean, clearly he's an attractive man, but what's attractive to you is the je ne sais quoi, the smoothness that Sterling K. Brown brings to the world. That's your, that's that's what gives you the K boner, right? The the Sterling K boner, correct? Yes, uh, that, I would never word it that way, but um, but you know that. Well, I, you should, David. You should word it like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, that's that's a great. First of all, great choice. Look, so my question for you, David, is 
like so it's a very personal question where do you you seem like a man who is very uh like we talked before you seem very confident in yourself you have a strong history good family background david are you a man of this decade who is i saw you you were about to drink that david (laughs) i saw you stop drinking on the podcast this is a good healthy podcast (laughs) david are you a man who can confidently say that guy's attractive Ooh, that's that's a great question. Um, first off, yes, but I, I would say that didn't happen until recently. I would say that didn't happen until oh. you know, probably like what, like you know, five years ago, perhaps. Um, Interesting. Tell me that story. Why? Why has it that awakening been? Uh, I have the same thing too, by the way. So for you, what is it that made you feel confident to be in that direction a couple years ago? What happened? I think it starts with like I think it starts with a couple things. One, which is being comfortable with your sexuality, whatever that might be. Yes, I, I feel like yes, the, right. Think about the people that are most uh, insecure about sexuality. Usually, the people that just right. flat out like don't want people to have sex to begin with, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, we're talking about right. kind of the, the sort of religious fundamentalists and, and things like that. And and sure. I always I always. Felt like even when I was young and sort of even when I was I was I was not progressive at all and, and you know kind of like frat boyish like I, I still thought it was Oof. funny I still thought homophobic people were funny not for the homosexuals themselves obviously but funny in the sense that like why are you so like why are you so angry at these people is it because like you know you have a uh, is it because you're secretly attracted to certain people that you would never right. admit in public, you know, that kind of thing. So so I think for me, it was just like over the years, kind of uh, A, being comfortable with like, you know, sexuality in general, which I think for a lot of people, to be fair, like, you know, it takes a while for them to kind of figure out. Um, it's sure. not always, it, it, like certain instincts may be like sudden, but embracing that as part of who they are in their psychology, I think takes a very long time. Um, but um, well, and, and let's be real. So we grew up in a very, what I think is a very different era too, an era of like. I also grew up in an era where homophobic, homophobic slurs were a commonality and used normally. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, to reference other things, and that's something that I is disgusting and I hate a hundred percent. It's something that I worked very hard growing up to remove from my vocabulary because it was just gross and it did nothing. Uh, and also, you, we were also grown up like, hey, you know, uh, <clears throat> uh, boys like women, women like boys. That's about it. There is nothing in between. Everything else is a sin in the eyes of the church. You know, like that was very rampant, uh, even though it was a, we weren't encouraged as adults or men to uh, explore or uh, learn to say, accept and feel comfortable with uh, new forms of sexuality. You know what I mean? So I think it's I think that's a huge deal for us. And so I, I'm with you, man. We, you know, it's a very different era, frat boy era for a lot of stuff. I know you're such a jock growing up, dude. You were probably <laughs> saying horrible things that we won't say on the podcast. I, like me, you were probably a terrible person. So what changed? What what switch turned you into being okay with your sexuality and being able to say like, hey, that dude's hot. You know, it's it, man. How dark can we go in, the, in this on this podcast? I want you to go dark, dude. Go go dark. 
<laughs> Take me there, David. Have you know what? Have a sip of your booze because I know you want to. Oh, okay, not drink idea. a little bit. There you go. Drink it up, nice. And, oh yeah, there we go. Gargle that beer, baby. <laughs> yeah, spit that out. Don't you spit. Hold it in, baby. Hold it in, David. Mmm, very good. God damn you, dude. That's what I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I that said was a real dark, moment, not folks. Pornographic. <laughs> Oh, my bad. I don't know the difference. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, my porn is dark. I apologize. Was that meant to be literal or figurative? No, a lot of my... Oh, boy. Look, a lot of my porn stuff is just like, you know, stepsister and stuck in laundry machines. So, you know, give me a break, dude, okay? I, I don't... Just I don't, saying. I, I can't... I don't know if I buy that or I don't buy it. I'm, I'm not sure. But That's so. the mystery of me, David. You don't know if I'm lying or I really like stepsisters stuck in washing machines that's the mystery of this can we say that that is unfortunately not on i don't know if you saw the map recently of most search for porn by state uh um, but uh what's the update for some reason i can't what state was it that um was it tennessee the most search for was <laughs> kevin james <laughs> Just, like there, there wasn't even like a fetish listed, like you know, like stepsister or like was, cougar. It's like Kevin James. That was the most unexpected answer, dude. Yeah. I totally thought I was gonna hear like, oh, this these people like nurses, and this one likes weird step families. Nah, dude, it's Kevin James. What a weird porn search, man. Do you remember what ours was, David? By the way, ours, I'm pretty sure was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was stepsister. Man, all right. We're a but. fucked up state, baby. <laughs> Woo! Dark. All right, David. I want to get back to this, though. Uh, now that we have a little bit of gurgling and, and so, gross sounds and uh, <laughs> my porn fetishes, tell me, David, what... Uh, yeah, tell me your... Get get dark, man. What's up? What's your story? So, I, like, honestly, like, the... To, to me, what changed uh, was... Um, so, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Actually, you should be if you like comic books. Because he ended up writing Black Panther comics. Anyways. Oh, um, oh, yeah, that, okay, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. Okay, for, go for ahead. most of his career, he was a journalist, wrote for The Atlantic, and uh, primarily wrote about racial issues. Uh, the most kind of famous article of his was called The Case for Reparations. So as I read, as I really kind of followed him down sort of the, the quote unquote, you know, rabbit hole, following like things like the, um, you know, George Floyd. Tamir Rice, uh, and so forth. It got me thinking more about sort of the things minorities deal with that affect their psychology in ways they either realize or don't. And and I think once once that kind of just became a more sort of prominent uh, sort of area of interest... You know, obviously that that starts to, you know, you think about it in in every other like facet, right? So you're not just thinking Mm -hmm. um, about like sort of elegant discrimination against African-Americans, but you're also thinking about, well, what are the elegant ways that say women are discriminated against or gay people or the transgender? Yeah. So I I think it kind of started with that, which is around like 2014 or whatever kind of. um, Okay. So those topics of conversation that he brought up, uh, sparked this idea so what pushed you over the edge to finally sit there and accept that you're okay with this type of sexuality i think you know a lot of that stuff is um there's a lot of overlap between uh you know when it comes to discrimination right the people that are always affected are the ones who are most vulnerable right 
And mm-hmm. so, um, so that's kind of like, I guess, like how I, th- I, th- I think sometimes, like for the same reason that I put on my Twitter page, I have pronouns. And it's not, and the only thing, the only reason to put pronouns there is just to provide a signal for people that are discriminated against to know that, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you you know there may be things you don't like about me because there are definitely things on this podcast I've said that I'm not proud of and and chances are I'm <laughs> well, gonna say you said it dude I've been trying to cut them out but you keep you know how many times I cut out a bunch of racial and homophobic slurs from you in podcast episodes dude there's so many to cut out David I you just like I mean you shoot up a storm dude and you make fun of my print now I'm just everyone ladies and gentlemen I'm just kidding David I don't want that to even be a joke David does none of those things he just makes fun of me for being a really fat non hispanic Hispanic individual. That's all he makes fun of me for. Listen, I have made plenty of like uh, you as a kid smelling like dick jokes, though. So I'm not. I'm not. I mean, that is yes. There's record of that throughout this podcast. Yes, Um, (laughs) but but anyways, getting back to the just the the last thing I was going to say, which is that the reason for the pronouns being that well, you know, you kind of signal to other people that um, hey, you know, I'm someone that I may not be the best ally or even a mediocre ally, but I am an ally. I hope. And I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying my best, and and so um, and so the whole point of that, which is that, you know, some say even something like, oh, you know what, man, Sterling K. Brown is sexy as fuck, dude. Like, or Paul Rudd in your case, Paul Rudd, sexy as hell. Like, I think even just saying stuff like that, I think kind of adds to a conversation that would otherwise be co-opted by like the normal like. <laughs> Wait, wait, you, you think Sterling K. Brown is attractive? What are you, gay? You know, it's just like wiping <laughs> that whole mentality off the face right, of this fucking right. planet. Like, let's, it, whatever we can Look, do to kind of help eliminate that shit, let's do it. If, right. that, if that means I, I got to like, you know, you point a gun in my head and like, is Paul Rudd attractive or not? All right, fine. Yeah, sure. You know, if, if I Jeez, were. Jesus, takes a gun to your head? Good <laughs> Lord, David. He's an attract. He's voted people's sexiest. He's, he was voted by the people. That's amazing. I'm glad that you're there. And you're right. I think we should wipe the conversation and and hold, you know, take it back so the future can also confidently be okay to say that guy is attractive. That guy is hot. So I'll tell you myself, David, like I have a personally I've been I have waiting a for this. huge crush. Yeah. I have a huge crush. And I've said this plenty of times to people. And I don't, and I hope he hears this podcast one day because I think he's a dope ass guy, and I think he's super hot. I mean, I might. Ha- this is my my first true man crush where like my heart flutters. Do you? Do know I know? Saying? Do I know the uh, answer? No, you don't. I haven't said this to you yet. Okay, I'm a huge right. fan of the actor Raul Cooley. Most recently, he's really famous for being on The Haunting of Blythe Manor as well as Midnight Mass on Netflix. But he's also very famous for doing the TV show I Zombie on CW. I think that man is a beautiful human being across the board, uh, both physically and personality. Uh, I think he's hilarious. I think he's a cool dude. I'd love to get a beer with him and hang out and talk. But for the first time in my life, dude, I see this guy and my heart starts to flutter. And I'm like, oh, my God, I am really smitten by this man. Now, okay, so when you when you say smitten, like this is one of the things that I think we should also kind of I need to hear you break down, which is like, you know, would you say that you were smitten by him on the same level as say like a Rebecca Ferguson or Emily Blunt? Because that's a hard thing to answer, right? As a straight male. No, I look. Uh, if you're asking me, man, straight up, if Raul Cooley asked me out on a date, I'd probably say yes. 
<laughs> what would right it, away? What would it take for him to win over a date take with me in you? the beds and and conquer me, dude? Is that what you're asking? What would it take to conquer my my virginity? If I, say you're not much. If say your female crush was also asking mm-hmm. you out on a date and you had to make a choice. Oh, this is going to be like a Three's Company, like romantic sit- <laughs> 70s sitcom problem, dude. I'm going to have to ask both of them out, Raul Cooley and Emily Blunt. At the same time, uh-oh, we got dinner at the same place. David, what are they going to do? I'm going to call you and need your help. You got to be my wingman in this situation, my dude. <laughs> is the wingman in the situation still going to be like, did you get late? Did you hook up, <laughs> bro? Did you score? Did you close escrow? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think First was an actual gross. line used by Bill Clinton. Paxton in True Lies. <laughs> that sounds about right, and it's gross. And I tell you, no, what I need you to do is to be the guy at the bar, and we we have those things where we're like we're on comms, right? And you're like watching both of them. So I'll be like, oh, Raul, excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom and go pee pee. I'll be right back. And then I run across the room. I sit at the table with Emily Blunt. I'm like, Emily, I'm so sorry. What were you saying? And then you are like, hey, Brian, Raul's getting up. I think he's looking for you. And I'm like, oh, uh, Emily, excuse me. I have to go poopies. I'll be right back. I run what? across the room and I go back to Raul Cooley. Like, and you got to back me up here, dude. Okay, you got to make this date successful. I got a solution. What is Mrs. Doubtfire in Spanish? Are you calling me the Hispanic Mrs. Doubtfire? I was trying to figure out. Well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it the sounds, it sounds Mrs. like Doubtfire? It sounds like the skit in the third act for Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Where he's going in between okay. like his family was Look. selling. <laughs> Maybe it is, David. Maybe you're right. Maybe my it's exactly what I was thinking about 100%. Okay? I just wanted to do a little I just wanted to mix in a little bit of Roxanne, a little uh, Cyrano de Bergerac in there and and then, you know, at the end of the day, the reality was that both of these people were actually falling in love with you because you were the voice in my ear telling me what to say this whole time, dude. Think about that. By the way, was Emily Blunt your answer for females, or, or was it? Uh... Absolutely not. Actually, it's it was. Damn, that was like a hard no. That was like, no. Oh. I love Emily Blunt, but like <laughs> I don't have a chance. My first celebrity crush was Elliot Page in uh, Super by James Gunn. That was the first time I had a celebrity crush on somebody. So just say, I know you want to drink, David. You're grabbing the beer again. Go ahead if you want to take a. No, I was sip. actually okay. like getting rid of the con. The conversation is going to like fall into the computer, and then like Copy. in a Final Destination film, explode. <laughs> In a very traumatic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would be the situation, David. I, if if uh, if I would if Raul Cooley asked me on a date, I'd probably say yes at this point. I've grown very comfortable with my sexuality over many many years. I've had a lot of beautiful people, uh, ex relationships, and or friends and or partners who have taught me to be very comfortable and open the world is not fully accepting of everything yet but has much more accepting than it was when i was a kid so i'm very much more comfortable i don't know the limitations of where that goes yet i'm still uh, an individual who is exploring but i do know my feelings and my feelings tell me that raul cooley is a man who would be funny make me laugh but also hold me if i felt sad just saying also elliot page since i know you did not arrive or like be inspired by this question through like uh, a serious book or an article. What movie did you watch that maybe prompted this question to begin with? Uh, no, the, tr- the truth is, man, I've just I recently had a beautiful conversation with somebody and we were talking about uh, about attractiveness um, and they were shocked. They were initially a little, they were surprised because they're getting to know me still. They were surprised that I had said Raul Cooley and I didn't realize how much I was into Raul Cooley because then I did that awkward thing where I was like, oh, I've been talking about this one dude for too long. <laughs> 
And so it was through a conversation with somebody else that I'm getting to know that made me reflect upon myself all of a sudden. And so it opened up a new conversational path I didn't know existed. Uh, you know what, David? You know, you're being so open about your love for, for your openness with sexuality. And I'm telling you here that I would absolutely love for Raul Cooley to destroy my guts. So here's, the, <laughs> here's what I want to do. I want to. <laughs> I want David. Would you let a man kiss you? Are you comfortable with man kissing you? We've talked about you sucking my nipples on stage, so I'm assuming a man kissing you is okay. Hold on, wait. We've talked about me sucking nipples, but I, I just want to point it out. On stage, you made it sound like we'd be doing like a theater. <laughs> <laughs> like this is our skit like well i'm david Castillo. oh right right right, right. That's nipples, a, yes. and this is this is our sure, sure. That's shakespearean exactly what I meant. my bad <laughs> sorry 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 it was a very classy nipple nipple sucking i apologize it was very very shakespearean uh david would you have you kissed a guy can i ask you that david have you ever kissed a dude uh, i have not i mean we're, we're talking about like a like a, an actual intimate sexual kiss right um uh not just, like a peck well, on first the of cheek. all that's a good question there is a difference right so Intimate, you said no, but have you ever just kissed a dude in general in your life? No, that's and that's that's kind of an indictment on my character, I think. But um, no, yeah. well, hey, it's okay. You don't have to have. Plus, you say if you're still if you're more in the throes of recently learning to become more feeling open, it's not a requirement. I was just kind of curious if you've had the experience of kissing a man, just out of curiosity. No wrong answers here, just curious. No, it's um, it's one of those things where I feel like if that happened. Um, I would feel gay, and of course, if you're gay, you're weak, and you can't be weak. Oh my god, I can't. We we have to cut this. We, all right, let's cut the podcast, everyone. It's uh, oh my god, David. You people can't say can things. hear the sarcasm. Uh, David, you know, I want to. So I have something here for you because we just talked about again. Uh, you know, you uh talk about kissing men. Men are attractive. Sexuality. Uh, again, wanting to uh be taken so hard by Raul Cooley that I forget my own name and the month. Yep. Um, I have a list here. <laughs> wait, wait a second, wait a second. I, I do think it's yes. funny that like your your sort of version of romance with Raul is getting absolutely destroyed. Like confirming that you yes. are the bottom in every relationship, which nothing wrong with that. I, I think that's that's another barrier. Sometimes, I, hey, look, sometimes <laughs> you're a top, but sometimes you just want to get bottomed so hard uh, that you uh, you accidentally forget geometry. You know what I'm saying? So uh, there's nothing wrong with that, my guy. I have a list here, David. I have a list here. Now that I'm learning, you're becoming more sexual. I have the f- we, so I picked the like the last eleven ye- the first eleven years of the people's sexiest man alive from 1985 <laughs> to 1995. Because oh, I know I you're an wait. old man and you like old shit. Okay, so here we go. Go ahead and drink. There we go. There we go. Okay, good. For those keeping track at home, you know, let us know how much he's drank. All right. First of all, David, I'm going to give you the near and the name. You tell me how hot they are. Would you kiss them or would you let them bang you or would you just go on a date with them? Okay. It's it's called date, bang, kiss. That's what we're playing here. Would okay. you date them? Would you bang them? Would you kiss them? All right. 1985's Sexiest People Alive, Mel Gibson. Man, it's... Date, bang, or kiss. I'm going to say bang because I'm going to bring a gun. <laughs> Whoa, nice answer. 1986, Mark Harmon. <laughs> dude, dude, what a, what a, okay, if, if this is an indictment on like Paul Rudd's induction, I don't know what to tell you. Like, like Okay, so yeah, da- we'll go with date. Date Mark Harmon's the right answer. He really looks like he'd be good on a date. 1987, Harry Himlin. 
I don't even know who the fuck that is. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We'll just put him in the di- in the bang category because you'd <laughs> you'd bang him and forget him, and then you'd like, and then and then I would be like, I'd be like, hey, hey, David, did you close? And you're like, I don't even know who that guy was. So, <laughs> all right, uh, 1988, John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh man, that's 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 still date. Like that's again, this is still like a, date. Okay, yeah, because I don't okay. find this this dude attractive at all, like on any level. So that's why I'm saying well, really you know, okay. Hey, not attractive. Maybe he's got a good personality. <laughs> okay, all right. We got we got a bang. We got a date. We got a bang. And we, got and we got two got bangs. So you're I'm seeing your yeah two bangs two dates. I see what's going on here. Okay, 1989. Uh, the man himself, Mr. Sean Connery. Sorry for my terrible impression. Sean Connery was the sexiest man alive in 1998. David, would you bang? Uh, would you uh, uh, date, bang, or kiss Sean Connery? So this, this might be a hot take. I'm going to go with just a kiss. Um, <gasps> I, I do feel like Sean Connery is kind of like somebody that is maybe like a you know a creep in bed. So uh, right, you want right. to be careful. Well, you know, John. You know, if you you want to kiss Sean Connery, but you know he's probably going to bang you whether you want it or not. David. <laughs> Not encouraging. But. Oh, we're just going for kisses, huh? Well, I'll show you a kiss with my dick, and then he'll just take you to town. Uh, <laughs> do you like my impression, David? How's my impression? That was pretty solid. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Did you <laughs> did you feel like Sean Connery was in the room with you, threatening him with you, threatening you with his penis? I feel like the words were so unlike anything he would actually say. That's the only thing kind of not giving it believability. But gotcha. mechanics wise, you were on point. I fucking nailed it. All right, cool. Great. Uh nineteen ninety. Tom Cruise. Kiss banger date. You gotta go with date, you know, especially with the whole Scientology thing. It's like, you know, I think if it wasn't for Scientology, that could go further, but no, just just strictly date. Sure. Fair enough. All right, David. Nineteen ninety one. This is a tough one because this dude has been arguably hot his entire life and is still an icon of sex. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, oh man, I broke you. You, this is the first. You've been, you're really quiet on this one. You really have to think. Scratching the head, popping the pills, David. <laughs> what would you do? Kiss, bang, or date Patrick Swayze? It's probably it's, it's got to be. It's probably like the bang category. I think because of Roadhouse and Point Break. I uh, he looks like, but I mean, but think about it. He might be a soft lover, like in Ghost. Man, he might be a good date. Probably, you're probably right. I mean, he did do a whole like you know pop song. I feel like actors that do pop songs are probably the people that are maybe a little bit more romantic, uh, like in a kind of like a, a whimsical sense. So, would you want to? Do you want to stick with your bang, or do you want to go on a date with Patrick Swayze? Stick with the bang. This is this is um, you know, this is this is a relationship that's going to require some effort. Oh my god, it's going <laughs> to require some effort, says the man. All right, uh, nineteen ninety-two, the ever gruff and attractive Nick Nolte. <laughs> what we got david i think i think the the, uh, the age gap is so inappropriate here that uh, maybe we just stick with a date <laughs> so <laughs> okay but date man nick nolte nick nolte and q a though that was that was hot stuff imagine having a date conversation with hey david how's it going uh, you look really good today do you want the steak or do you want my dick which one would you like david tell me uh, is there a difference Nope, they're both uh, they're both overcooked and really delicious. So uh, you decide, David. You tell me. How's my Nick Nolte, David? Is it pretty good? It's the effort is good. 
Accuracy, oh, no. fuck you. The effort is good. All right, so is my Sean Connery is still better than my Nick Nolte? You should have gone with Nick Nolte from 48 Hours instead of, like, Nick Nolte and, like, you know, whatever, like... The Hulk? The, the, yeah, like the grizzly bear state man that he's in. That's how I remember Nick Nolte. He's just always like, what? I'm really gruff and tough. Just saying. All right, David, 1993, this was a double whammy. So this was two people were nominated at the same time and got it. So the question still, still, still the same. Is it kiss, bang, or date these two people at the same time? It was Richard Gere and Cindy Crawford, 1993, David. That's a weird package deal. But it, it's kind of like fit in mm. for this whole award, which is like just who are the most kind of like milk toast attractive like people. You, God damn it, you and your milk toast. Some of these people are beautiful. How dare you? Uh, I think Mark Harmon's the most milk toast on this entire list so far. Just well, saying. I, mean, I was just saying like right, these are like safe names though. These were like like these were okay. Well, the A lister at the time, you know, Patrick Swayze, Tom Cruise, uh, like Cindy Crawford, Richard Gere. Let's go with Kiss. Kiss for both. Fair enough. Kiss for both. Uh, the, the right answer, by the way, was Bang, because then you would have been in a threesome with Cindy Crawford and Richard Gere in 1993. You know, listen, this, oh, this is go, a matter David. of opinion, and what I would just say is that I feel like their All right. personalities are maybe... You're right. You know, not... They're, You're right. Seem this like is the your list. People. All right, David, 1994, which was, by the way, there was no person uh, voted in 1994, so in 2015, it was retroactively added in. 1994 was Keanu Reeves, the speed man himself, David. Would you kiss, bang, or date Keanu Reeves? Was this before or after Dracula? David, uh, I know the answer immediately. I didn't splice this. It's 1992's Dracula. Okay, when right. that came out. So this uh, is pre-Dracula. So this is uh, this is bang, but like man, his his uh, effort with the British accent calls into question everything else that he was capable of. So I just it's but, it's a hesitant bang. But but this is 1994, which is prime speed year this is speed keanu Reeves that's also. true so you yeah. have that in your list so where do we sit david you're gonna kiss you're gonna bang or are you going to date keanu reeves yeah well i'm taller i don't know why i can always remember that one oh david state, but, um, pulling out the keanu impro <laughs> dude all right what did you i'm sorry what did you say bang did you say bang yeah yeah okay uh this is our last one uh 1995 brad pitt uh, oh man, it's another, it's another one where I just like I, there's there's something about like sort of the the ultimate A listers where you know you you do have to question kind of where they've been. Okay, so I'll go with um I'll, I'll go with like a, another hesitant bang. I feel like you know part of this is like you know sort of these you know if if I was bang. attracted to men like I don't think these would be my types, but um but nonetheless. Okay. Well, I mean, I know K. Sterling Brown, so I understand. Um, and I will say this because it's not a bit on the list. As you've known, if you might have noticed, David, all of these are milk toast white men that have won so far. And I didn't want this list to not have some beautiful color in it. So, 1996, the 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 most one of the most sexiest men on this gosh darn spinning yes, Denzel. rock, Denzel Washington, my dude. <laughs> The the only Denzel, the the most palatable sort of black actor for Hollywood. How dare you, first of all, say those words, uh, David? Are you going to kiss, bang, or date, or all three, Denzel Washington? All three, Denzel Washington. Uh, he gets the he gets the he gets, he gets the, the trifecta. Option. Yeah, all three. 
All three is the right answer, my guy. Thank you so much. So there's a lot. That's that's our list, David. Uh, you've done. Let's see. You've got one, two, three, four, five bangs in this list, dude. You like to bang a lot of dude and forget their name and leave them in the morning. Uh, you've only got three dates on here, so there's only three people you're kind of attracted to. And, dude, only two kisses in this entire list. Or, I guess, three, including Denzel Washington. So, add one to everybody. But uh, that's a very interesting list, my guy. Um, you know, uh, sadly, for a couple more years after that, it's a bunch of white dudes until we finally get to 2016 with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, naturally. And my personal favorite, dude who I am utterly, I want him to be my daddy, is uh, Sexiest Man Alive 2018, Idris Elba. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I feel like, unfortunately, Idris Elba has kind of fallen into the trap of like, well, he's sort of like the go-to black actor, and and there are times when I <sighs> wish they just, there, he's in too many movies. He's a little kind of overexposed. I, oh, he's great. Don't I don't know about that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I was Dave, a big fan of The Wire. Why do you have to hate the men that I love? But no, Idris Elba, very attractive man. Thank that. That was a very interesting list, man. I I feel like I've learned so much about you. Uh, you know, it seems like your biggest attractive attractive thing to men is probably like. I think like I think it's not just personality, dude. It's I think it's something more. It's like spirit or energy or like I said, je ne sais quoi, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is so interesting. I'm so fascinated by this list that you have given me here that I've put to memory and written down for, for, for future sake so we can always talk about who you would bang and who you would kiss. I knew you'd get a kick out of this. I, I got to uh, say, I'm, know, I'm impressed because I really, you mm-hmm. you know, like you turned a topic about Paul Rudd mm-hmm. into something broader. And I didn't think that was mm-hmm. possible because I was like, dude, Paul Rudd is just like too milquetoast for you to do anything else <laughs> That fucking word again, my God! Uh, I know we got to retire that word. It's, it's, it's been uh, over, overused. <laughs> we've got to re- we've got to let it go, dude. We got to let it go. Uh, so you know, um, David, what do you think is like kind of important if you? So if you, or maybe if you, I don't know if you're going to have kids in the future, but if you have kids in the future, David, how is it important for you? to raise them in a world where it's okay to have feelings for uh, opposite sexes and genders or giving them the freedom to find their own sexual identity, you know, because those things and those conversations are becoming more and more prevalent. We're getting them in our media a lot more. There's still a lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, uh, DC comics alone at this time has introduced those concepts and, you know, they have, they don't have a great track record, but they're trying um, and so they're kind of exposing more audiences and kids to this idea of changing the conversation and making it okay. Is this something that you believe to be a strong idea and something that you would like to teach and pass on to your future generations, whether they be cousins, nieces, children, whatever? So, like, this is going to be, like, easy for me to, like, answer just because Nicole and I don't intend to have kids. Now, is it, like, possible? Okay. Is it, like, is it 100% like, not going to happen? Uh, you don't know. I mean, right. Like, you never know. You hate offspring. But, Copy that. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I do I do feel like if I were a parent, if I did have a child, I would 100% endorse their ability, the willingness, wh- whatever you want to call it, in terms of embracing whatever... Uh, whatever kind of sparked their, um, whatever sparks their sexuality, whatever like defines it, however like jagged those edges are, 
Um, just because, you know, listen, we have to like, yeah, for all this talk about like, I, I realize, yes, uh, those children might have it more difficult if say I supported them to be transgender. Um, like, would that be just a terrifying experience for that, for that kid? Absolutely. Be a terrifying experience for the parents. Yeah. You know, um, but to me, it's like, well, listen, like, you know, we got to draw the line somewhere. If you want to like make progress, well then just support that shit a hundred percent and damn the rest. Because I mean, I mean, that, that's the only way that, that you're going to move forward is just by leaving all the bullshit behind, leaving the discrimination, the bigotry, the hatred, leaving that. I mean, just like accepting that it's going to, there's going to be a conflict and, um, and just almost kind of embracing that conflict, you know, fucking fight for the things that you believe in. Like David, that is the most perfect statement to uh, close out our big conversation and move to the end of the show. Uh, this is the part of the show where I usually have to sum up what I've learned about you in our time together. And I got to say, David, as usual, Paul Rudd has brought us together and opened the conversation <laughs> and has really honestly taught me something beautiful about you. David, you and I agree that we still live in a very complicated world and we came from a very complicated world. And every generation is important and i love what you just said that we have to change the conversation by leaving the past behind and we have to fight for the future and embrace it and we have to pass that on from every generation every old individual who is passing on this bigotry and this hate is not helping our future in any way shape or form we want our children and yes i said it we want our children to be able to ask questions about their sexuality, about their sexual identity, what they love, what they don't love. People, these conversations need to happen whenever it happens, period. And David, I think it's beautiful that you've had that. Things I've learned, and I learned that from you today. It's a, The way you word it at the end is freaking perfect, man. I also learned that you have a whiskey and pill problem that we're probably <laughs> going to discuss about at a later time. So that's another issue. But, you know, I love that while, you know, you haven't had your gay experience yet... But soon, I will be sucking on those nipples on stage and we'll have a moment together in front of everybody. But I love that you find what's sexually attractive to you to a guy is energy and je ne sais quoi and, 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 and the, what radiates off of them. You know what I'm saying? That is very beautiful and that is very loving. And that's a great way to look at it, to be able to sit there and look at somebody and say, you know what? I would kiss bang and date Denzel Washington because 1996 produced the sexiest man alive next to Raul Cooley and that ladies and gentlemen is the end of our show David how are you feeling man we, we took you through a very different ringer this time how you feeling buddy by the way that was the year that Denzel starred in virtuosity I think that's no coincidence I am a huge no fan of virtuosity, so I just want to throw that out there. No but, coincidence, uh, man. There you go. Uh, he also stars Russell Crowe, and apparently in the movie Gladiator, where I am stuck playing the tiger in a cage. Nobody can cage me. I'm a free animal. You tell me I'm a free animal. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, as always, please 
Uh, don't forget to like, share, uh, hit all the stars, hit all the reviews. Give us some reviews. Give us a bad review. Give us a good review. If you say something positive, we'll probably read it on air. If you say something negative, we'll probably still read it on air, so long as we get those five stars, ladies and gentlemen. And hey, we want to hear from you. We don't want to just come up with our own conversations all the time and our own topics, because me and David are lazy, and David's, I mean, a pill popper, so I can't rely on him. <laughs> so please... Uh, email us at rectopod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at rectopod as well as Instagram, as well as Facebook. And we're also on the TikTok. That's right. I said it. The TikTok, because that's how cool old people say it. Um, thank you so much, David. Any last words for our audience before we leave them today? I just, uh, I hope we never get to talk about Paul Rudd again, but I, I appreciate that jujitsu <laughs> you did by turning like Paul Rudd into a broad discussion of sexuality in the 21st century. Well, Paul Rudd brings out the best in all of us, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. As always, I am your host, Brian Ortiz. I am the co-host, David Castillo. And we'll see you next time here, ladies and gentlemen, on Wreck the Pod. All right, shout out to Raul Cooley. Please hit me up and email me. I think you're dope as hell. I want you to the podcast. You're also a beautiful man, and you are my sexual awakening. Bye! Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>